Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 23rd episode of The Valorant Show. I'm your host, Taylor Reflections Noble, joined by Troy Tuttle, a.k.a. Too Loud. And it feels so good to be back with you guys once again to talk some Valorant because there's a lot going on, whether it be First Strike, whether it be Xset getting picked up, or at least picking up Pretty Boys, or, of course, the new patch coming out, but then them retracting it because there's issues. There's just a lot to break down. Troy, how you feeling? Uh, that's what I was about to say. Like, yeah, there's kind of a lot going on in a way like they meant for a lot to be going on right now that is true <laughs> but not a lot is technically going on in the game because they're pulling back the patch or they have but if you're listening to this now um yeah man uh, another great week uh but here again wants to talk some valorant we got a new ask valorant since last time we did the show as well so community got to go ask some questions just like our our listeners and friends get to do each week here and ask the agents Ah, so much learned this day. A victory on many fronts. All right, Taylor. We, you know, the, the community slowed down with the responses. Maybe hey, some of the that? guys that were, that were going back and forth, you know, they, they, you know, they got all their, their questions answered. So now we need some new people to mm. ask us some questions. So if you're listening to the show and you want to write in, and maybe you've been a little scared like our, our, our next reviewer our next person uh, that was a little, little frightened to write in look get the courage like he did and write in let's talk but taylor i'll let you take this one away bouncy toast good to have you he says hi hey what's up i've watched the podcast since the first episode but i've always been a bit scared to write in don't be scared no one be scared we love hearing from you genuinely this is my favorite uh my favorite section of the show i know it's troy's favorite section we love hearing from you getting that feedback getting questions in general from you is it really makes the podcast what it is special and engaging for you guys out there he goes on to say currently i am hard stuck gold three and i'm starting to lose hope on hitting plat Anyway, my main question is how you recommend to start learning Icebox because I'm slightly concerned that when it comes out for comp, I won't be ready because unrated doesn't feel good enough to learn the map well. Thanks. So first and foremost, hard stuck gold three, I get it. I've been there. Plat for some reason is difficult to reach, especially if you don't yeah, have a five stack. I don't know what it is, man. You know, with the rating system as it is, I, I've, I've vented my frustrations many times. You can win and be consistent through and through but as soon as you lose a game, it drops you down to gold two. I don't understand why that is. I really hope we get more clarification in the future, but I get it. Don't be discouraged though. Just continue on improving because the fact of the matter is ranked is great. But honestly, if you want to elevate your career, if you want to elevate your competitive sense, uh, you know what? You know what I'm going to do next show? Actually, Troy, I'm going to come through and I'm going to see if I can find any like competitive discords where you can just kind of get in, roll with, the, roll with some uh, custom matches and really start improving. That would be cool. Um, you know, it's kind of like we we've done this for uh, you know Among Us. We got we got the random servers. We'll join or whatever. <laughs> like, uh, but but we'd love to. You know, maybe maybe we can find some cool communities out there. Some teams or some some groups of people that are looking for a you know a fourth or a fifth or yeah yeah. It's true. I will say stuff. this. You know, I, have you had a chance to play Icebox yet, Troy? I Dude, know you know busy. what? I, I played I played probably fifteen rounds this past weekend. And I didn't get it one time. 
Were you doing unrated Spike Rush? What were you doing? Unrated and unrated and, Spi and Spike That's Rush. That's weird, man. man. I, I played Icebox quite a bit. You just got unlucky then, man. I'll, I'll be honest. So you know what? When you started playing, it might have been more you... like ten matches. More like ten matches. Well, I, played, I know you were really busy because uh, Icebox, um, at, at, whenever it was first released, they were kind of just rolling it through, so they were getting a lot yeah, of reps. Yeah, I didn't get to play that first week, really. Yeah, and, and that's the thing you kind of missed out because then they reduced it because I think they got all the stats. It's what they do with the scent. They're doing it with Icebox. They're going to continue to do it with the maps. Um, really sad that you didn't get a chance to play. I, I love the map. I think the map is great. There are some issues, though, that are starting to arise. The Omen glitch. I know there are some cheeky spots that you can place Killjoy's turn in. We're seeing that also on Haven. Uh, maybe some more about that in just a little bit. I know she ended up getting some buffs, but nerfs as well. We'll talk more about that uh, with the patch notes. But uh, to answer your question, how do you recommend start learning Icebox? First and foremost, callouts are, are so important. Learning the callouts in general uh, you can learn those without playing on it, whether it's unrated or not. You can go out uh, online. You can even screenshot. I, honestly, go into the map, uh, a custom map, or, or anytime you get it, and just screenshot the map. Learn those callouts. Very, very important for communicating effectively with your team, especially if you move into competitive. Um, but you know what? The sad thing is, whether you're playing unrated or spike rush, you're not going to get, well, I, I should say, the quality of, uh, of improvements that you get won't necessarily be that impactful bouncy toast i'm gonna be real with you because it's unrated it's spike rush it's a mixed bag you don't know what you're going to get so learning callouts is going to be impactful and, and to be honest with you go on youtube watch streams uh watch these competitive players i know it's not in competitive as of yet but watch them in general and see what uh, kind of setups they have on icebox so i know they're not going to say everything but go see what setups they have on icebox what uh team chemistry works the best on there you know what is the uh the the most strongest five-man agent stack and just really kind of dive into what makes Icebox special and start learning the intricacies so therefore you will get better. That's my biggest advice. Just simply playing unrated and Spike Rush isn't going to be enough. You need to do research outside the game as well. Yep. No, I definitely agree. I mean, with any map, right? Uh, and, and I'm going to do the same thing. I've been watching a lot of games. I've seen a lot of people play Icebox. Uh, I've, I've, I've watched a lot of videos of Icebox. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, uh, Toast. I'm learning it too, man. Uh, and it's definitely a journey for all of us. Uh, as we continue to get these new maps, and you know what's interesting is like, they bring out these new maps, they roll out these new updates. And like, I, I really have a question, Taylor, as we talk about it this week. Uh, was this map ready to come out? What, is, is, is everything where they wanted it to actually be? Or are we still kind of getting Valorant rushed a little bit? You know, we saw say, the timelines. We saw yeah. the timelines moved up right this year. Sure, like we we've seen all these timelines moved up. Valorant launched way earlier than it was supposed to launch, uh, which is a great thing for all of us fans. But mm. from a standpoint of ready to roll out content, maybe this was the part that wasn't ready, um, and now it's starting to show. I don't know, but we can talk about it in this week's Run It Back. Yeah, let's bring it back. All right, so Taylor, let's just kick it off there. Let's let's just. I know I don't have it in this order on on our on our like our show notes today per se, but man, let's just jump right into it. Uh, as I mentioned, already pulling back the patch. Mm. So, um, first off, answer my question: Do you think this is a resemblance of like pulling the game forward? Riot getting, you know, uh, taking the opportunity of, you know, more people being home, giving the fans an opportunity to play it earlier. Was that all part of, or uh, are we now seeing those effects take place when we get to these content rollouts and they didn't have uh, just enough time to work out the kinks? So this is the thing about it. 
the, the Valorant team has a very, very difficult job at hand. First and foremost, they released a game early, and I strongly feel that's because Riot was pushing them. If the Valorant team had their way, I think, and this is all speculation, but if the Riot team had their, yeah. Valorant team had their way, I think they would have not sent the game out as early as they did. Now, secondly, they released a game during COVID where they're not able to go into the office and work, you know, face to face. You're not able to just go to the next room and, and Trust talk me, with the you know, map development team. It's huge. And 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 every company is being affected by this. Even me with, with UMG Gaming, right? Running the Gears of War Pro League with UMG, uh, you know, being the only full-time talent, of course, having a, a fantastic cast to, to work with. But regardless, though, it still is different because I'm casting from home, something I haven't had to do since 2013. So the fact of the matter is it's a tough time to release a full game. But yeah, you know what, Troy? I, I think you're right. Right now, they are rushing things a bit too much, it seems. It's unintentional. They're running into issues. They're being transparent about it. Let's give them that. That is a beautiful thing, right? They, they are, are definitely transparent about they it. They are being yeah. transparent. I love the fact that they found issues. They realized, you know, 1.11 was not ready to be live, and they backtrack it. Something other games needs to learn about. I'm not yeah. going to mention the game, but there's a specific game, Battle Royale, that would release patches and not backtrack it and just let it ride and, and that wasn't good because tournaments would suffer competitive matches would suffer it just wasn't good all around so i like the fact that valorant is being proactive and this is an important uh, you know what's so important about them actually backtracking is we still have more of the nerd street gamer first strike uh invitational going down how devastating would it be for them to keep 1.11 live with that tournament midway and there be issues and that affects the team making it or not making it when they could have made it, let's say, if there weren't any issues. It could be devastating. So I love the yeah. fact that they're, they're rolling it back. Yeah, and it is definitely um, a perfect storm, per se, right, of a lot of stuff happening at one time where... You know, you you have you, you have the new you have the new season per se or the new act, right? And and you run into that. You got Nerd Street Gamers coming on as well, um, and the and the the first really big qualifier that we have in 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 the in the scene and then you know on top of that you're rolling out that new patch with all the new changes to what we're going to talk about here in a moment but all, all the impactful changes really that they brought to agents uh in the game and so i'm with you i i definitely think it was a right thing to do to roll back props to them for rolling it back and and actually going okay we're gonna step back and do this and and i can tell you man like uh uh, for those that don't know, maybe you're listening the first time. Uh, maybe this is the first time you hear to hear me on a podcast. But uh, I, I get to work. Uh, I work in an industry where we were we releasing products all the time now, especially digital products in this weird space, like you talked about, Taylor. Like being home right during COVID is is a new thing. And so, not only is it is it a challenge to release something, but it's not really easy just to go. Oh, it's not like a switch. You just oh, I'm going to turn that off. Like that's actually a hard thing to do too, is to roll it back, reinstate a patch, make the decision, make sure all all of the key decision makers are on the same page, right? Like there's a lot of stuff you think about when you go back behind this, and so uh, I'm with you. I, I think that's a huge thing. Props to to Valorant for stepping out and going, hey, we got it, we got to we got to pull this one back off the shelves and roll it. Last time we saw it, Ziegler said, hey, the patch is harder than we thought. You're gonna have to kind of bear with the problem for a few more days until we come back and fix it. This time they're like, hey, look, the problems, the problems you shouldn't have to live with. We don't want you to live with it. And in fact, after looking at it, we don't want it to be around our first qualifier. So let's pull it back. And sure enough, they did. I think it was the right decision as well. Mm. Um, 
Um, so, you know, although it, it might feel uh, like they, they made a mistake, I, I think in the scheme of things, when you look at it, they made the right choice of coming back and, and pulling it back. For me, but, at least. But I will say this, though. It, it's pretty funny, some of the glitches, man. It, it's pretty funny. Watching those players go into the smokes, you know, whether they be Viper smokes or, you know, the Poison Cloud, I should say, or going into uh, really Brimson any smoke stuff. and yep. then seeing, uh, what was it, seeing the assets of Sage's character, but, seeing, the, seeing yeah. the fat face right in front of you, it was actually ridiculous. But it's really... <laughs> but it's really weird too because like you you your game freezes for a split second too. Right. Yeah. And, and we so already like, have stuttering issues still. That, like that's it's no, we don't need that. I definitely think it's time for them to take a step back, I think. Um I I don't know about you. I would feel as a as a player, I would feel really good with them saying, "Hey, for the next 30 days, we're actually going to hold off on releases. We're going to push it everything a month out and we're just going to fix the game." Like we're gonna fix our hitches, we're gonna fix any of the the aiming pro, you know, any any of the mm. uh, 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 hit registration issues that are still occurring, bro. Like this is still going on. Yeah. Um. So you know, I um I I I wouldn't mind if they did that. How would you feel if they were like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna hold off on updates for thirty days. We're just gonna be updating the quality of the life of the game. Yeah, I don't think they can though. That's the thing. Like I don't know how I feel about it. To be honest with you, um, I'm not necessarily against it. But I feel it's going to hold back the game more so than it would if they were just to stay live and, and continue to patch us going. Because after all, I think us as fans of the game, we love new additions. We like buffs. We like nerfs. Even if they're frustrating, we still like getting constant updates. And that's something that you know makes the game special. Do, do, you, think, do you think that um, they are running into these issues um, because they're being pushed to release more content. Like mm -hmm. the reality is they don't have to release these patches this way. Like they could have made 1.11 smaller essentially. Right. Like they, they didn't they, have to make could. all the changes they had to. I, I think, you could, know, but, it, but it's their could constant they scale back. In other words, could they scale yeah. back the size of these patches to help them fall into less problems? Well, first and foremost, this patch uh, is hugely, hugely uh, monumental for, any type of play competitive play unrated it's hugely influential for one of the agents that gets a hundred percent usage rate which of course is uh you know cypher we might not see cypher used as much anymore might i mean seriously he's going to drop off quite a bit because of the nerfs that he was given this is the thing though the valorant patches have to continue coming especially now that we have a new map things are going to change the agents can't stay the same and not to mention, too, we also have Sky that's coming into the mix. Sky's going to change up the meta. Therefore, the agents need to get a workaround. In order, and we've seen that with Sage, right? Sage getting all those nerves, yep. right? Because now you have that healer that's coming in, which is being Sky, the community healer. So you needed to make these changes possible. And the game's never going to be perfected. It's going to continually con you know, develop. And this is the thing. Whether it be the community stats or whether it be competitive stats, the Valorant team is paying attention. And because they're paying attention consistent changes are going to take place it's unfortunate that they ran into these bugs i don't think it's necessarily an issue with the actual agent changes but just the bugs are just too much um but it is what it is i'm curious to see when they do redeploy it you know uh how stable it's going to be they're doing it at a fast pace they really are but uh you know what they have a game that's quickly growing they have first strike series that's out they cannot afford to slow down or put things on the back burner nope I completely agree. Um, and, you know, 
we aren't seeing them slow down. That's for sure. They're doing, they're giving it, they're all, uh, once again, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, they came out this week with a Ask Valorant going back to the community. So Ask Valorant number 10 uh, and, and really addressing three big questions here. Uh, the first one of which, Taylor, was thoughts on adding uh, more weekly challenges. And mm. so uh, they go on to say, basically, uh, uh, they're not happy with the current state as they find them, uh, but it's difficult, right, for them to strike that balance between increasing missions and not promoting the unhealthy play patterns. Uh, they gave an example of, like, playing only to harvest orbs and use your ult, you know, to try to complete your your, your weeklies. Um, the short term uh, for the outlook is to reduce the completion requirements for many of the weekly act uh, of the of the weekly um challenges uh, during act three and then also a uh, long term it's something that they're going to be continue to revisit to keep looking at the game to game progress so uh, it, i mean if you're out there you love your you love your weekly challenges here you go it looks like you know they are looking at how they make them number one easier to complete um it looks like you know have and also have uh healthy playing patterns that they're promoting through it um and then reduce uh obviously uh, the completion requirements right so mm -hmm. taylor how do you feel about this you do you, you you out there knocking out your weekly challenges each oh week? yeah i've actually been on top of this battle pass i think i'm about to reach level 20 or i've already reached level 20 something like that i've been grinding i've been grinding hard the weekly challenges are fantastic i daily challenges are great as well to get your you know additional 4,000 xp um, I would like to see more variety though. I'm not going to lie. It does get boring. It, you know, one of the most dreaded, uh, and this is what they say about, you know, just kind of harvesting orbs. One of the most dreaded challenges that I get on my list. And I think everybody can agree with this is the ultimate, uh, challenge where you have to do, it used to be 50 ultimates. It was insane. Now it's 35 or something like that. They've reduced it. Thank goodness, but it's still a lot. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to be real. The best way to get that challenge done be completely honest is to go in there harvest orbs and spike rush go get the ultimate orbs fight for it and just use your orb right away and then next one next round figure out where the the ultimate orb is going to be go to that side stack it use your ultimate to kind of clear out that area pick up the other ultimate and then use your ultimate immediately <laughs> me as breach i know it's frustrating for the team because i'm constantly just you know sending out my my ultimate coming through picking yeah. up another ultimate orb and before you know it they're stunned again and they're getting mad with me because i also have three flashes so it's like i'm triggering them but it's, what am i going to do it's the best way to get it done i want to see more challenges i'm happy with it yeah i uh, i uh i i love challenges especially anything that helped me get my battle pass finish quicker right so um they also talk about smurfing smurfing is inevitable in ranked games and i'm curious what are you doing to discourage smurf in valorant uh, i'm just gonna read this one real quick it's pretty short it says smurfing always sucks especially mm. when you have rank rank on the line while it's hard to stop smurfing entirely in a free-to-play game we are taking actions to combat it right now we have a behind the scenes system for unrated as well as one that applies to iron through diamond rank players the latter ranks are individual performances, performance and notices when a player uh, makes a highly disproportionate impact in a game. We then quickly boost them to a harder match and higher ranks in competitive. That's pretty mm. interesting, huh, Taylor? Yeah, yeah, it is. I they needed to. Yeah, uh, so we stop leveraging uh, this system for immortal players because there isn't a ton of room to smurf or play down when you are already near the top ranks. Uh, longer term, we're also looking at ways to further accelerate placing Smurfs in, into appropriately skilled matches. Uh, but right now, we are prioritizing some improvements to our core rank system and leadership. Hey, and leaderboards uh, ahead of that. So there you go. Core rank system and leaderboards ahead of that, Taylor. Yeah. So like that that looks like that sounds like it's right around the right around the cusp. 
Oh, yeah, I like that. Well, see, so this is the thing about leaderboards at all levels, you know, all the way down from iron all the way up to, uh, you know, radiant. Everybody loves them because it gives you like a coherent way of seeing where you need to improve or or are you improving, right? Uh, just like, you know, our, our recent commenter just before this, right? You know, Bouncy Toasty saying like, look, I, I'm hard stuck gold three. Why can't I move up to, to plat? And that's a very valid reason. If you have a leaderboard and you're, and you're hard stuck, you can see how quickly you're moving up. You can see, like, okay, like, all right, you're in your gold three, you're in this leaderboard because you can't just have like one big leaderboard forever. They're going to have to section it off. I think, like, I, well, I don't even know if you guys can relate to this because so far, but Black Ops 2, uh, when they were doing, you know, the league, the, the ranked play, and they had different, like, you could be diamond, but you would be like diamond in, in this section, and there'd be multiple diamond sections, if that makes sense. Uh, I should say, not sections, but leaderboards. So, you know, for Bouncy Toast, like, he can see, all right, cool. I need an Apex top 20 in gold three. I'm going to move up to plat. He's ranked 23. He wins one more solid game. He moves up, you know, to 19. Now he's plat. It gives you a way to continually move up, consistently move up, and see what you are doing right or doing wrong. I like that. I'm happy with it. I am curious, though, for the listeners out there, please get involved in the conversation, whether it's, uh, you know, on Amazon now, you can go there and you can leave a comment, uh, or on iTunes or Podbeam. I want to hear, do you personally have issues playing against smurf and you know what don't be shy do you actually use a smurf account too i know people that do and they do it for good reason because they're so high ranked they don't want to lose it so just you know let me know do you guys have to deal with smurf accounts for me it's not a big deal i really don't care you know if i play against a person that's better than me i don't really think smurf right away i just kind of try to outplay them and get better it is what it is you don't know if someone's really smurfing they could just be having a fantastic game you know i pop off sometimes but i'm i'm not gonna lie i'm silver two at this point someone was asking what's your rank i said i'm silver two but he's like bro but you're you know you're you're 25 and six what's going on i said i don't know i'm having a good game you know so sometimes <laughs> a good game isn't a direct re representation of your rank but let us know. Do you have to deal with Smurfs or do you have a Smurf yourself? I would love to hear your opinions. Well, hopefully one place you won't have to deal with Smurfs uh, or have to come across them will be in the Valorant PBE, which for all of you out there that don't know what PBE stands for, it's public beta environment. Uh, but they, yes, they actually answer the question, is Valorant going to test a, uh, or going to get a test server like League has PBE? And sure enough, it looks like early the first half of 2021, they're going to be looking to put up a public beta um, uh, environment so that we can test it, uh, which will be cool. We'll be able to opt in, get into that. Um, so Taylor, why do you feel about that? Like that's pretty exciting to be able to go ahead and see these updates. I think this is also where they're going to catch. We mentioned before, like, are they releasing these things too early? Yeah. This is where they're going to be able to start catching those things. And I, I'm, it, this is really exciting for us and uh, for the whole community, really, because we're going to get these smoother transactions, these smoother patches when they come out finally. Yeah. Not much more to say about it. I mean, you said it perfectly, right? Those smoother transitions. You're, you're. Uh, public, you know, beta server, uh, public beta environment gives you that opportunity to get your stats in. Are there issues? Yes, no. Okay, well, let's fix them if there are. If there's no issues, let's let it ride. That includes, you know, any bugs that we're seeing. That includes uh, any maybe glitches that are occurring, right, in a, in a beta. It doesn't affect the game itself. It's a beautiful thing. I love that they're implementing that. People, I think, are going to rave over it. They're going to be interested. I personally will probably try it, especially think about it. If they add a new map on the, on the beta server or they add a new agent to have that opportunity and it's no longer just you know uh left to the upper echelon of pro players or the upper echelon of streamers me or you like or, or you listeners at home like have that opportunity to use an agent before it's released in the actual uh live server that's a great thing so i like it i'm a fan of it
Uh, this next one here is really exciting for me. I like this next topic quite a bit because uh, for me, I love exclusive things that show I'm a fan of the game. And, you know, if you were to come see me in two or three or four years and play against me or play with me in the game, you'd be like, man, hey, where'd you get that at? Mm. Hey, that's really cool. True, yeah. Um, I, I kind of look back at it as in, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but you probably do in your line of work. But in Gears 2, they released a Gold Lancer and a Hammer Burst. And you could only get the Gold Lancer and Hammer Burst if you actually pre-ordered the game. All right? They didn't ever give it away any other way. It was only through pre-order. So, like, you know, the hardcore Gears of War fans from Gears 1 had this in their pocket. Uh, and that was one of the, like, most appealing things I've ever owned in a game because of the exclusivity and how popular Gears has always been. And so for me, now that Valorant's introducing this epilogue chapter in Act 3 that comes after you're, you're through all 50 levels of your battle pass, and the only way you can acquire these is through XP. So yes, you could buy up to level 50 and then work through these, these next five to get them, um, but... Long story short, I like the fact that the only way to acquire this is to really be a fan of the game, to really play the game, Taylor. So just to clarify, what you're saying is basically you finish your battle pass, you get level 50, and then on top of that is going to be these extra rewards, these extra five rewards, correct? Yep. Yeah, the like epilogue that. chapter is what they're calling it. So it's just I, a I whole like nother that. chapter, which is five levels sure. for you to be able to go and earn. And, and, and is this live, by the way? Is this something that's already being implemented, or is it something yep. that they're? Oh, it is live. already, al already, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, you're not, that's you, you're awesome. Mean, you haven't seen it yet. You're not at level fifty yet. What well, are you doing, man? Well, of course, I was level twenty, but you know what? I might have to bring out the piggy bank. <laughs> hey, look, this is some cool stuff. So the rewards that I'm seeing right now, uh, Disco Tech Gun Buddy, we love our gun buddies, uh, and yep. then two, three, and uh, levels two, three, and four give you uh, a collective total of thirty radiantite points. 30. Yeah. That's, That's insane. Good. I love that because we get it. So for, first and foremost, my strategy, I, I, I buy, you know, one specific weapon from maybe a pack that I like. Okay. And then after that, I have enough Radiantite points that I just go and upgrade it to the max. I'm happy with it. And, and I just let it ride. But to get 30 additional Radiantite points, like that is awesome. And not to mention too, you get that, uh, you know, versus Vandal plus Phantom card. That's cool. And it's gold. I like the way it looks. Check that, check that out. But this is the thing, man, like you said, you love those exclusivity things, you know, and the fact is reaching level 50 is not easy. You have to grind for that. You, I know we have 90 days, but come on, those 90 days come and go very, very quickly. So if you're able to cap out your level 50 plus get this epilogue battle pass, hey, you're in good company. You're, you're looking good and you're going to have those exclusive items. And you know what? Rightly so, you earned them. Yeah, I actually, I have to confess to you, I hadn't bought anything in Valorant for a while. But I just bought the whole pack. What? Yeah. My guy, you've been making a lot of money, apparently. What? That's yeah. what? How much was it? 70, 80? I think it was like 77. 77. I don't yeah, remember. I, had it, I actually had enough. I only had to buy like $10 worth of points to get the whole pack. What, uh, and I was like, what, you know what, what? I like what it. What weapon pack was it? Oh my gosh, I'm having a brain fart. Someone that just came out, like literally was just there uh, last week. Um, oh, the... Uh, Oh man, but it oh like, my gosh, what's like when, the... whenever whenever you go for like a when you actually take out the weapon, it kind of like expands and comes back together. Yeah, what? Uh, yeah, 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 I yeah. yeah. The, so I it's... bought the Phantom. I bought the Phantom. I'm not gonna lie, it's probably one of the cleanest. I love the graphics, and I'm not gonna lie, when you shoot the Phantom, I swear to you, it's quieter than a normal Phantom. I I'm I don't I don't know if I'm going crazy or not. You guys can let me know, 
but I promise you it shoots better and it sounds better than your regular Phantom. I've been using a Phantom quite a bit lately, uh, simply because I love that skin. Uh, I, I've done the same. I've actually, I've actually been using my Phantom basically exclusive again, exclusively again over the Vandal. Um, I don't know what it what it was like. It felt like it came in and out. Like I was playing Phantom a long time, then all of a sudden I skipped to the to the Vandal and started playing Vandal a ton. So like, I don't know. But it is the Singularity Bundle. That's what it's called, the Singularity Bundle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it man. It, I, to me, obviously it's purple. So I I love purple. It's like there my you go. color. So I like the yeah, red one. I had to. I, I, had I like to buy the red it. one. I upgraded all the way to the red one. That was a max. I, I, I don't know. It just it just spoke to me, man. Someone told me I need to put the pumpkin on there. You get a pumpkin for like level five or something like that, your battle buddy. The pumpkin yeah. with like the red orange. Hey, it looks okay. clean. It looks clean. All right. And, and see, getting creative with the battle buddies, man. You know, it's it's like everybody's it got their own style. Everybody's got their own style. I do I do like, uh, I have to give them props. I do like what they're doing, uh, being able to bring all this together. Um, and, you know, really the style doesn't seem to be the, the styles and, and craziness of Valorant doesn't seem to be dying down as far as the cool things they're putting oh, yeah. into it oh, yeah. uh, and the creative nature that they have. Uh, and so I'm really excited to continue to see what they come out with. Yeah. There was a couple packs there along the way. I was like, oh, I don't really care, but man, this one singularity sucked me right back into it and my addiction uh, <laughs> along with, as we mentioned before, you know, knowing a new patch was coming, knowing that sky's right around the corner um and we had the patch notes so let's dive in here and and you mentioned this was one of the most impactful patches that we've had yeah. and how it's going to change the game so let's begin to break this one down a little bit obviously we 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 have the agent update with sky supposed to be coming <laughs> rolled back but mm -hmm. really number one since the, it starts off with her how how impactful do you actually believe she's going to be it's hard to tell it really is so this is the thing about sky uh sky has a lot of potential i i'm still very excited for sky 100 um it, and what makes her so interesting is her ability to gain information and what yeah. makes that so fun to think about is the fact that during this patch the initiators pretty much got a nerf i'm gonna call it a nerf i i or at least not the initiator excuse me the sentinels so your cypher your killjoy that traditionally gives you information they're not going to give you as much, or at least I don't think they're going to provide as much value, which means Sky now kind of has a place, which think about this. Sky gets introduced. Obviously, Sage was nerfed in order to bring room for her community heal. And not only that, because Sky can provide information, now you have as well the Sentinels like Cypher and Killjoy getting nerfs in their own way. And I strongly believe it's to make way for Sky and make her playable mm. and, and, and entice pros and players to want to use her. I think she's going to be impactful. I like her. I think she's great. It's going to be a high learn curve. It's going to be easy to understand what Sky can do ability-wise, but it's going to be hard to master uh, an agent such as Sky. But I'm happy she's there, and I really hope I get to see her in competitive play during the first strike tournaments. Well, you mentioned Cypher and the change that's coming to him. Uh, Trapwire, disabled and revealed upon death. Spy Cam, disabled and revealed upon death. These are like his keys to me though like mm -hmm. this is where a lot of his value comes in especially those trip wires even if you die if you're great at placing those if you know where your team's pushing and there's a lot of communication going on those can provide a lot of information for you um and and save you rounds win you rounds and so now that they're basically going to be disabled and revealed upon death like yeah. man that sure seems to be taking away a huge chunk of his ability Oh, 100%. So this is the thing, right? Uh, Cypher still was able to gather uh, not only data and information, but also value 
and his agent abilities with the trap wire being able to be used when someone was flanking or you know maybe the cipher dies but you still know where someone's at because they light up on the map as soon as they hit the trap wire so it gives you that information but that's no longer going to be the case so cipher now has tremendous value if he stays alive and it's much the same case as before right because even even though cipher would uh you know die before you still didn't have access to his camera which is incredibly important for locking on a site so you still want to stay alive as long as you can but now it makes kind of soloing out cypher that much more important because you get rid of those trap wires and it also means too let's let's you split in as, as an example when you're pressing on to b a cypher loves to set up on b place his trap wires down on that hallway uh and then of course you know when you push there you you normally get trapped by there or you know you run into a cypher cage or a camera or whatever but the thing is cypher could still be rewarded by challenging and doing damage to agents or getting those kills. But now, but now if Cypher decides to peek or snipe or do whatever he wants to do and challenge on split on B, uh, before the opponents have pressured through on that tripwire, and he goes down, the tripwires don't matter anymore. And then all of a sudden, now you have a full team that's pushing full send ahead, uh, ahead because they know they don't have to deal with that anymore. So the value of Cypher is staying alive. But this is the thing. I think Cypher's value just went way down. It had 100% usage rate in all the tournaments, but I don't think Cypher, especially when this patch goes, you know, actually goes live, I think Cypher's going to be used a lot less. I really do. His value was uh, beyond his life, and now that the fact that you only get value from his life... I just, I, I don't see him being used as much. He'll still be used, but just not as nearly as much. Not 100% usage rate. Well, I definitely think it's going to be interesting to see how they're trying to push the play for him. But what I, what I do find interesting is it says disabled and revealed, not, not you know, uh, removed, not disappeared and, and, and revealed. Um, so my question is, if he is, if Sage revives him, picks the you know, chooses to pull him back. Does his camera and wires, are they re-enabled? That's, that's a five-head thought process. Actually, I didn't even think about 100%. Yeah, I think it comes back in. And, and that's just from the verbiage they use, right? I mean, they come in, they specifically say it's disabled. It doesn't disappear. But this is the thing, though. How impactful is it still because it's been revealed, so teams naturally are not well, going to Well, if he can go pick it. them up, if they haven't destroyed them yet, and he can go that's pick true. them up and replace them. That's uh, true. Or if the camera is still on the opposite site, right or yeah. another site or on the site he died like the camera could still be useful so that's true that is true I, i'm really i'm really interested to see uh if that is if you're out there you listen to the show you know this answer hey shoot us a tweet shoot us an email let us know we definitely want to we definitely want to try this one out um but the other agent that really struck me and I, as we were talking this prior to the show i said i wanted to say something about this one so as we talked through killjoy um, and the changes that are coming to her, it's kind of a mixed bag, right? It, it seems like they're really trying to affect how she's played. And so they've, yeah. long story short, and, and we can run, you can run through some of these, but like their, her cooldowns, uh, her cooldown for her turret's been taken down by half to 10 mm -hmm. seconds. Um, her deactivation range, alarm bot and turrets now deactivate if she is more than 40 meters away from them. Uh, re-entering the 40 meter range reactivates so she can leave them still on a site but she has to get closer to them right and then aim bot uh or alarm bot uh aim bot alarm bot <laughs> range at the uh alarm bot can now be detected a decrease from nine meters to seven meters uh and the cooldown after pickup from 27 so they've lowered her cooldowns they've they're requiring you to be closer to you, your utility 
but they've also upped the damage with Nano Swarm, um, and it's damage increasing from uh, 40 per second to 45 per second, and the damage now ticks smoother and faster with Wild Nano Swarm instead of in chunks of 10 uh, every quarter of, of a second. So, super interesting, these changes that they're bringing to her. Um, I think that they're doing this, Taylor, merely because they don't, they, they've seen how she's been played. They think she's more viable than she is if she's played a certain way. So they're trying to push players to find that unique ability of hers, in my opinion, that they know is there by forcing this type of play. Yeah, so the interesting thing, you know, aside from all the nerfs and buffs to her various different abilities, the thing about her is, you know, with Killjoy, what do you do? You, you place a turret somewhere and you leave it alone. And the reason why you do that is because you know when it shoots, hey, it lights up right on the map. You hear it shooting off. Oh, there must be a player there. Let's watch our flank. Let's watch this site. Let's rotate if we need to, right? It gave a lot of value and a lot of information, much like Cypher, Cypher's Trapwire spy camera. But the thing is now reducing her ability to run away makes things interesting because now she has to be next to all of her equipment within 40 meters. And that's going to make a big difference. And I'm curious, competitively, how much of a difference is it going to make? Because no longer will you be able to just rotate off a site and leave your turret there. You're not going to get any value from it whatsoever. You're not going to get any information. So now you have to stay where you're at, and that could separate you from your team. However, I will say the cooldown from the turret, being from 20 seconds to 10 seconds, gives the ability to use a turret to clear corners. Right, to now quickly set up if she needs to on a new site. Let's say Spike is planted. Boom. Okay, Spike is planted for an enemy team. You're on defense. Okay, cool. You run up, you place your turret down, and now you have that added protection when you go to defuse the Spike. There's a lot of creativity that can be used here, but I'm just super curious to see how much of an impact uh, the 40 meters is going to play because sometimes that can make or break an agent, right? The ability not to be as flexible and to kind of rotate sites freely. Who knows? Will that be enough to, uh, you know, dissuade uh, people to use Killjoy? Well, we'll find out. Well, it sounds like they're trying to force her to stay around her, right, her utility, oh, wherever she yeah, is. Yeah, They're absolutely. trying to force her to be around it. Um, so it, it is going to be interesting to see the play, right, and how, how players that have mained her, uh, mained Killjoy, are now going to be affected and how their game changes. Um, that, to me, that it's going to be one of the most interesting things, especially now that we have... Uh, Icebox entering into the competitive map rotation um, and it being even more, you know, uh, critical of her placement, right? And so uh, we do have we do have uh, Icebox, like as I mentioned, coming into the competitive rotation. We have shorter unrated uh, queue times, which is always a great thing. Uh, added locations on the current game pod to loading screen for all modes. And this is this one's super super interesting to me under the competitive updates. And that is adjust the combat score to factor in non-damaging assist. So, Taylor, this is interesting because it really seems like this is the first big step we've seen change to the ranking system. Like, yeah. this will actually change how we're scored as individual players. So the thing is, uh, and you mentioned this being a brimstone main, uh, you know, sometimes you have, you know, lackluster games, not because you're playing bad, but because no one's challenging you, right? Your abilities is is very important to use your smokes, to use your ult, to kind of be the the, the shot caller, if you will. So if you're on one side, and this I think this can apply to all agents, but let's say you know you're playing on uh, 
you're playing on Haven and you're rocking, I don't know, the C site, but for some reason the team continues to push A nonstop. They're just they're just hammering it home. They're going A, they're going A, they're going A. And your you know, your ability to pick up elimination just really isn't there. Well, now you have an opportunity to uh to kind of break the mold, if you will, and by getting those non-damaging assists. So I don't know, this can range anything from using smokes, it can be, you know, trap wires, it could be uh, you know, your killjoy alarm bot or any of the abilities. I mean, the list goes on and on. But the fact of the matter is now through your abilities, through helping your team, you can now get some uh some combat score, right? You can now have an opportunity as being that utility player to finally go through and, and maybe rank up. I think that's a great quality of life update. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm interested to see how the how those are adjusted in and what maybe if we ever get a breakdown of like what they're looking at to score those, uh, that'll be interesting to see as well. I want to know from you though, how much effect does this game mode update uh, for oh, play yeah. out all rounds? How, mm -hmm. how much does this change up uh, the ability for, for teams to practice, uh, for scrims to happen, where now basically each, each, each team gets a full 12 rounds on each side. So after 24 rounds, uh, the team with the more rounds will win. This is, like I said, this is for custom game modes only, uh, but it is called play out all rounds. That but how much effect, is this something that the community was just crying for? They really wanted on, on the competitive side? I don't know if they were crying for it necessarily. Uh, you know, I didn't see these changes coming, but you know what? This is a pretty impactful change. And in my opinion, a positive one. Look, I'm always a big, big advocate of forcing players or teams to make an educated decision as to whether or not they should save. Should they try and clutch the round? Should they, you know, kind of hang around the bomb site? Should they not? I love things like that because it adds more of a complexity to the overall playability of the game and the thought process these pros have, or even you guys at home. So let me break it down for you. Essentially, if you were to save a weapon, you would still get, you would get not only walk away with the weapon. So big, big case scenario, there's an op on the ground. You want to save the op. You know, you're not going to be able to clutch it around or it's a 1v2. You don't even want to attempt it. So you back off, you save the op, and then all of a sudden you're still getting the same amount of money that the rest of the team is getting, and you're also getting away with an op, which therefore puts you that much more ahead of uh, of the other team. Now, that's no longer the case. So you've basically been limited in the number of credits that you gain, uh, whether you save or you, you, you take the round or you don't take the round, vice versa. So now, let's say that uh, you know the spike is planted. You don't want to clutch it up. You you just want to save your vandal. You want to save your op or whatever. That's fine. You can do that and back away, but you're not going to receive the full credits that the rest of the team is going to get. You're going to be capped off at a thousand credits. Okay. So now this is going to limit your ability to save up. It's going to limit your ability to buy shield. Uh, I don't know. The impact could be great, right? And it's all going to be situational. There's there's a thousand situations where you could be impacted. Also, too, dying to the spike will no longer count as a death in KDA statistics. I know a lot of people are very focused on their KDA, but because the spike no longer counts as a death, it's going to help others. Oh, the time is really close. I don't know if I'm going to be able to defuse the spike. I'm going to run away. When in reality, they had time if they just would have stuck it. Now they're going to be more enticed to go through and stick it, right? If they're the last one alive, even if they know it's going to be close or maybe they don't have a chance, they're going to try anyways because, hey, there's no loss. There's no uh, damage to your KDA. However, you will lose the, you will lose the weapon, so you got to take that into account as well. The point is the economics of the game has absolutely changed and the thought process going into these rounds, should I clutch, should I not? Should I save, should I not? 
have been tremendously impacted because you're going to lose out on credits if you do decide to save. It makes sense because you're walking away with the weapon. But even so, though, I love this change. I really, really like this change, given the fact that uh, it's going to add a new complexity to the game. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Uh, there's been moments we both, I think, have been screaming at a player like, you have it, you got it, you got it. And they run away. We're like, you had it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I, hopefully in those moments, players won't will no longer run away. Yeah. We'll, we'll have yeah. an opportunity to, to, actually, to actually win it. Uh, there was a number of quality of life improvements, a number of bug fixes as well. We're not going to run all through all those. I do want to say but, one, uh, though, Troy. Yeah, any I, of them that stuck out to you? Left-handed view model is now available for players. So now we've always been limited to like a, you know, a right-hand peak. Now you can have yep. that option to be a left-hand peak. Now, what's the impact of this? Well, let's say you're playing on a certain side or you're playing on a certain map, uh, or you know you're playing a certain role. Maybe a left-hand peak is more beneficial than a right-hand peak. So now you have the chance to change that up. Where before you were limited to, you know, oh, I, I have to, you know, play this side of, of this of this cover or this concealment because if I don't, you know, I'm going to be at a disadvantage when I go to peak because they're going to see me first before I'm able to shoot because of the right hand peak. Well, this is not the case. Now you can switch it to uh, to the left hand peak. I think that's a cool cool change. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, so, so yeah, it can't be done like in the game on a whim, or it can't be done on a whim. It has to. Be, you have to go to your settings menu and you have to swap your view. My yeah. question is, though, can it be done during a game? I don't know. For instance, I if, if I know my rotation on this map mm -hmm. suddenly switched and I'm on, my, I'm on you know, uh, uh, the opposite side that I normally make my rotation and I need that left peak now, right. can I just quickly go into my settings and do that? Imagine um, like hot swapping or like put like a hot key or something like that. So you just press a button and you switch it instantly. Hey, I look. actually am surprised they didn't make it where you can just switch it instantly. It might be something. If it gets abused, I 100% I think they're going to make it to where... Maybe, maybe. so this is what I think. Like, maybe change it to, like, it has to be done before the round starts. Yeah, it's locked out. I, and maybe yeah. it is. I don't know. We'll know whenever they bring the patch back. That's for sure. Uh, we'll be able to find out some more of these details and these things once we get our hands on it. But that's the main topics for this week, Taylor. Quite a bit of stuff coming through. Uh, but I know you also have some special things you save, you've saved for save and spend. Halftime. If you saved, spend it. Don't save a thing. Yeah, I thought about this a lot, Troy. I'm not going to lie, brother. I, I sat there and I've been playing. I've been playing nonstop. And I found myself running into a consistent issue. And that was Which when was? I would see an opponent. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Don't you, you just be patient now, okay? You just be patient. <laughs> I know you're antsy to hear about it, and you're like like a kid around the campfire, just like, oh. What can I say, man? It's my favorite section of the show. Save or spin, baby. <laughs> I, you know what? But I've been thinking about it. There are many times I'll get into a fight, pistol round, vandal round, doesn't matter. And when I see an opponent, I freak out. And I don't mean to do this, but what I do is I spam my shots. I don't control it. I do control it to a certain extent. I'm hitting body shots, but I spam my shots. So if I have a phantom... Or, excuse me, if I have a ghost off of our pistol rounds, uh, I'll hit a lot of body shots. Not as beneficial as a headshot. But I've been watching the pros play, and I've been thinking, what makes them so special in those engagements? Well, it's because they keep a cool head. And when they spot a player, obviously their reaction times are, are insane, plus their accuracy, so they can snap on heads easily. But you'll notice how many one-taps they are able to get. And that's what makes them a pro. But for me, I'm like, you know what? In the amount of body shots that I hit and my opponent didn't even touch me, if I just would have slowed down, just slowed down, aimed up, 
and tried to focus more on the head instead of you know spamming three or four shots and just really tried to focus in on one shot, I think I'd be more impactful. So slowing yep. down your shots, whether you have a ghost or a phantom or a vandal or an op, is so beneficial because you'll be surprised. Maybe you take a tick of damage. Maybe you don't take any damage at all. But your accuracy is going to increase. And it's more beneficial to focus on your first shot accuracy than it is to spam out three or four shots, hit the body shot, and then you know you do a ton of damage. You do 140, 130, you rage, and then you end up dying from one headshot. So my yeah, saver spin, in those fights, in those moments where you're freaking out and you're shooting nonstop shots, slow it down and focus on the head and try and get that first shot accuracy. Stay calm yeah. in those fights. That's my biggest saver spin because I've been affected by this as of recently, and I'm going to start slowing down the pace of the fights because sometimes that one shot to the head is more impactful than the five shots to the body. So fo yeah, focus on them and slow it down. In fact, this is, brings up a great, uh, highlights a great problem I actually have, a bad habit of mine, which is um, I've practiced a lot with these guns, you know, and and spent a lot of time, uh, you know, on aim trainer, different things like that. So I've, I've kind of, uh, because of my previous history in console gaming, right, like I, I just have this bad habit of using recoil then to get to the head. So a lot of times I work these guns where I, I shoot the body first too, and I, I try to work my recoil up to right. the head a little bit in the first two or three shots. Sure. Um, but I've noticed just like you were saying, if I'll just slow down and get that one shot or re reset my aim, I'll still win those fights on the ones I'm losing where I'm like, what? I had first shot and I still lost that. Like exactly, I didn't get the yeah. right aim on the head or whatever. So uh, yeah, I, that, that speaks to me as well, Taylor. I think you're right. Slow down. Take your time, even in the midst of the fight, right? Not just that is when the you're approaching part. the fight, in the That's, midst of the fight. And that is the important part. When you're in a fight and you see an opponent, don't freak out. Still, slow it down. And I know it seems counterintuitive, like slow down whenever I see somebody. Slow down when you see somebody. The first shot accuracy, the headshots are more impactful than five to the body. Well, Taylor, as you say, one thing, you know, all the good things have to come to end. One thing that doesn't slow down, though, right here for sure is our match point. Match point. Let's close up shop. We know more than we did before. Let's use that. Yes, yes, we know. Every week, you guys are so sad when we get to this moment. It's the end of the show. <laughs> the time when we talk about our final thoughts, our closing closing discussion, argument, whatever it is. Uh, and, and I actually told Taylor, I said, hey, Taylor, you know, a lot of times we, we've been focusing since the beginning of the show on what we're doing personally in the game but maybe we can also think about like what other things do we have to say about the scene, about players, about what's going around. So we're going to be mixing this section up quite a bit as we move forward. Today's going to be my last one, probably just about me and my playability, um, because I really could continue to go on each week with how bad I suck and the things I need to fix. But Taylor, I think there's some other good things we could bring to topic here. But sure. this week, I'm going to talk about going back to Brimstone. I've been playing a ton of Phoenix. Trying to really get better at uh, you know that that initiator role, getting in there, uh, thinking, hey, that can have some effect on my team, which is completely opposite of my brimstone role, which is, hey, I'm making a lot more calls, I'm playing a little more passive, uh, and I'm just telling you, for some reason, Phoenix uh, works out some days. Some days it's horrible. I'm still more consistent on brimstone, and I do think that. Um, we're going to see some changes coming to Brim soon. 
And so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to stay there, Taylor. I'm not going to veer anymore. I'm going to go back to playing Brim full time and just wait it out. And I think, you know, because some of the plays I can pull off them, some of the abilities that he has really do help out the team. I think it's going to be focusing on our team comp that we get with uh, making sure we kind of, you know, get around players that, you know, emphasize and help out uh, or, or, or benefit from breach and brimstone. Uh Brimstone's abilities. So that's what I'm doing. That's my focus on me. And next week I'll bring something else. Some hot. I'll bring something hot to the mic next week. Some, some spicy, man. Some hot and spicy, baby. What about you, Taylor, though? What's your what's your match point? You know what? I'm gonna continue working on uh, on improving breach. I think there's there's a lot that I can still do to kind of maximize my my potential with this agent. I've I've worked with breach for so long and I and I'm just now starting to see a very clear distinction between myself as a breach player and other breach players that are around my rank and it and it definitely shows like how you know conv- or how i guess how consistent. bad they suck well no, I, you know i'm trying to be nice <laughs> maybe, maybe that is the right way to put it you know what i'm not gonna lie i'm a pretty good breach player but it makes sense that's oh, literally right. the only agent that i play some people would already be bored by the by this time playing the same agent me i don't i just continue to find ways to improve with breach uh you know whether it be like can i flash through here does my wall charge go through here you know my ground pound how does that work can can i maybe stun this area you know how can i improve my team breach is a very complex agent that is going to continue to get better and better he already is getting better given the fact that obviously his his uh, flashes now have been improved just a little bit more too so for me breach is is my main focal point i think there's a lot of value that i can still kind of you know squeeze out of him so i'm just going to continue working on him well, just don't suck. Hey, look, check it out. Sometimes it's as simple as that, Troy. Sometimes hitting <laughs> your shots and not sucking will take you very far in, in, in any game that you play. That's my favorite thing to say for, for Gears, man. At the end of the day, a team could be playing good because they're just hitting their shots. I mean, that's it. You could be fundamentally sound playing very well, but if you don't hit your shots, you're not going to win. That goes back to Saber Spin. Slow it down, baby. Slow it down. Slow it down. Well, as always, if you want to take a moment and write in a review, make sure you do that. You can do it at iTunes, Podbean, Amazon. You can also write in at ValorantPodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at ValorantPodcast. Taylor, take us out of here. Always a great time having you agents out there. We'd love to hear from you in the next episode. Listen to what Troy said. Leave that review. But, of course, all good things must come to an end. For myself, Taylor Reflections Noble. Troy Tuttle, a.k.a. 2Lab. We loved having you. We hope to see you guys again on our 24th episode of The Valorant Show. Grab some water, refill those clips, and let's get back out there.